0: are real geniuses richard jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you he hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field sleep science cancer stem cells ketogenic diets and more here come the geniuses this is the finding genius podcast with richard jacobs
1: hello this is richard jacobs with the finding genius podcast i have a returning guest carl johan Kalman. Uh, he has a phd in physical biology from the university of stockholm uh following which he was a senior researcher at the school of public health at university of washington in seattle uh focusing on uh, identifying toxic substances in the human environment we're going to make a conscious decision today to talk about the evolution of consciousness just to get a a in right at the beginning of the interview so uh carl thanks for
2: coming back oh thank you so much for having me richard
1: yeah no problem i guess right off the bat what does it mean evolution of consciousness you know i I guess all people uh, are conscious to varying degrees, and but is uh, our consciousness itself evolving? And if so, what does that mean? Where is it going?
2: Yeah, well, you know, conscious. This is a hotly debated uh, topic in science today. You might say, and I think the origin to that um, hotness uh, is the fact that quantum physics, when it was developed about a hundred years ago, they realized that. The observer, the conscious observer, played a, a significant role for the result. And it's taken a long time for this uh, finding to actually uh, be more broadly recognized. And uh, so today there is this division line uh, in, in, in science and more broadly among people that are interested in this kind of a question. There is one line of thought that says that consciousness is a primary factor in the universe, and it cannot be explained by any of the material aspects of the universe that we know. Uh, Then there is the other side of, of the argument, which is maintained essentially by what you might call official science, which says that Consciousness is a product of the uh, development of the of matter into a, a kind of a, a very complex brain, uh, is, especially than what human beings will have. And uh, um, the, so here we have really the, the traditional division line between what you might call idealists and materialists. And uh, this... Uh, tension you might say it really goes to the heart of of uh, the matter of what science is what science might be etc et and it also uh, includes many uh, you might say spiritual and uh, or re- even religious uh, aspects of, of it i mean for instance if you go to india and look at their uh, traditional m- way of thinking, uh, they would say that consciousness is primary to matter. And that's my view as well. Uh, One
1: one, one second. So living things versus non-living things, do both have consciousness, just different levels of it? Or what's your thought?
2: Well, I don't think non-living things have any consciousness. I mean, consciousness, the way uh, most people in this debate are discussing it, is simply the subjective experience uh, that we have, uh, you know, where does the subjective experience uh, come from uh, and. Uh, um, that, you know, you, I, I would not say that any non-living thing has consciousness. But there, I agree, okay. there, are, there are people that are saying that. There are people who says that a, an electron is conscious. There are people that are saying that a stone is conscious. But that's not my view. Uh,
1: well, that's I, what I wanted to ask you. And then within um, living things, how far down, like, so in my body, you know there's i feel like one thing even though i'm composed of many things do you think yes. like my liver has a consciousness or the individual cells that compose me or do you think like all of me together is one thing and then my microbiome is another thing like what down to what level of living organisms do you think there is some level of consciousness
2: i would say that there is you know the nature of life is to have that kind of a secluded uh, you know, is, there is a difference between an inner uh, working and the outer surroundings, so to speak. That, that's the, Even if you take the very simplest bacteria, you will find that inside of themselves they have what you might call a machinery of biochemical reactions and so forth. That is different from, is clearly distinct from what goes on outside of them. And I, I would say that any, even going down to the simplest bacteria, has a certain level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you go to paramecium, which is is a very small uh, animal, you have to have microscopes to, to see it, but you can study it and see that it actually makes choices, that it, it can actually learn things and uh, several other aspects that we would say require some kind of a consciousness in, in this organism so i wouldn't i i the way i look upon it uh, consciousness drives the entire evolution of 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 bio, biology really and so it's quite a different story compared to the school version or the you know, the official science that says life is an accident, uh, according to the Darwinist uh, model. Uh, instead, uh, in, in my view, consciousness has driven evolution to the point where we are now. And that's not the same kind of a consciousness that a human being has as, say, say, a flatworm or a Paramecium or, or something like that. But there is a commonality; they're they're all com conscious. It's just that over time, the the for instance, the the, the human beings have a consciousness have developed a human being with a, a much more uh, a versatile sensory uh, apparatus uh, compared to for instance the paramecium but the consciousness is the same in, in principle it is something that distinguishes what's on the inside from what is outside it's really life you don't have life without consciousness and and you don't really have consciousness without life um, well, where
1: does it um you know like where does it extend to so does my consciousness reside? Like like when I you know I thought about this I feel like I am in this spot I don't know between my eyes maybe a little bit above that you know like my third eye yeah. I don't know uh, I I know, inches, I know a few inches in I feel like that's where I am yeah you know if I concentrate on my foot or something I guess I you know guess it's part of my body but I don't feel like that's where I am
2: I would um, agree yeah
1: but, but how far does consciousness extend Does it extend outside the body Do you have to work to do that And you know can people Cause themselves to have out of body perception and things like that like what, what's your thought
2: I, I think they can I think they can yeah uh, at least temporarily I think that's pretty well documented that uh, uh, th- there are many cases where people have seems seem to have lo- uh, you know they, they have been able to especially uh, w- when, when in, in near death experiences uh, that they have uh, moved out of their body really, and still be able to see things that, uh, meaning they're conscious of of certain things. But that's basically, I would say, a transitory aspect of the the thing. um, uh, But it it does point to consciousness being primary to matter, I would say.
1: Okay. I mean, so, but what are some of your big realizations about consciousness? What, you know, what do you feel like you've figured out that it really isn't talked about much in the literature, or is yes. everything you've thought of there? You know, yeah. it'd be really cool if it was there from thousands of years ago, I guess. But what what have you
2: observed? Well, this, you know, this is a huge topic. I've written seven books on, on it in, in one way or another. And uh, um, one realization then is that how all the various life forms actually follows a certain wave or, or a couple of different wave movements that serve to evolve uh, not, not only uh, biological organisms, but also uh, the in the case of human beings, which is sort of an end result of the evolution of biological organisms. But, in the case of human beings, you can also see that the the, the evolution of the of the mind follows certain uh, waveforms, and um, this is kind of hard to to describe for somebody who who, who does not have a diagram in front of you uh, but that, that basically, there is a timing to this evolution of consciousness, and uh, that 's what my work has largely been about. Um, and uh, it, it, it's it's just basically an unknown aspect of reality and um, in, in this view you know the the consciousness goes back to the very birth of the universe and uh, uh, life is not something that uh, emerged uh, as a, as a result of a series of accidents on on, on our planet. Uh the, the exact timing of the first appearance of bacteria, the first appearance of higher cells, and so forth, follows a, a time plan, and and it's it's a it's time plan that that are that you might say is caused by a a, a series of different waves that are um, self-similar and uh, added to one another. It's sort of like a pyramidal structure of of waveforms. And uh, 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 this is then... uh, you know, it's a big, big topic, and uh, obviously since it's been covered by so many, you know, by, by so much. But uh, um, that is by itself a significant thing to demonstrate that the idea that life is an accident, which is still what official science uh, maintains, uh, that, that is, is, is simply not true. And one way of showing it is, is just to show that there is a timing for the emergence of, of of all biological species.
1: Well, okay. So, I mean, do you think that consciousness is evolving individually in each creature that has it, or do you think there's a whole direction in which all consciousness and uh, amongst all living things is going?
2: Yeah, I think there is a there is a uh, direction, uh, and uh, in terms of the biological evolution, it, it's been sort of been aiming for the creation of human beings. And and then you have human beings and uh, the human beings will then also develop uh, consciousness uh, um, or or consciousness will then develop human beings into uh, what what I say that it follows a pattern uh, uh, where, um, you know, initially, human beings are, are, are sort of living in, in a fairly uh, floating state of consciousness. And then 5,000 years ago, there was a download of a new frame of consciousness that brought them uh, or horizontal and vertical lines. And then that created um, civilizations. And then you know, there is another wave that started in 1755 and among many other things that, you know, changed the world with industrialization. The Industrial Revolution is a product of, of a uh, shift in consciousness. And then in 1999, there is another shift which brings the the. Uh, the digital revolution. So, what what humans create basically is a product or the state of consciousness that they are downloading from the cosmos.
1: It, what do you mean they're downloading from the cosmos? You mean, I mean, my consciousness is, I guess, always interacting with the environment around me. But am I getting updates to it? And if so, from where? I mean, besides my experience and my senome, my sensory apparatus.
2: Yeah, you are getting. You know, the, the, the human consciousness is coming from the cosmic center. And uh, uh, again, this is, uh, you know, this would require showing a number of the, of, uh, um, what should I say, substantiating uh, diagrams and, and, and things like that. But I think that's really one of the illusions that many people are living with, that their consciousness is something that's produced by their own brain. The, the, and, and no, the the brain, the, the consciousness is downloaded by the brain or the mind is downloaded by the brain.
1: Well, I, I don't know. I recently read a, a, a book on near-death experiences by a guy named Bruce Grayson. They they put it, I think, differently. They said um, in the experiences, people came out of their body and they felt they were a fuller version of themselves, a lot of the yes. people. And they, they didn't want to go back into their body because that constrained them. So. Yeah. What I got from that is that maybe we're all like swimming or the, the consciousness is an ether around us. And I don't know if we're downloading it, but I guess our physiology is shaping how we experience it. We're, it's running yeah. through us continually and yeah. the, the structure of our brain and our body is, is shaping it, limiting it, you know, changing it, etc. Like channeling water, you know, again, through a particular channel. Does that align with what you're thinking? If you like this podcast, please click the link in
2: the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. Essentially, it does, except from the point that, you know, my view, and and this is not just something I'm saying, I I produce a lot of uh, evidence for it, but my view is that the the specific frame of consciousness uh, is downloaded. Or it's actually a combination of different frames of consciousness or states of consciousness, and they're downloaded. They're not coming from our brains. And so, you know, if people that have had these kind of uh, uh, near-death experiences will will uh, think of uh, their bodies as limiting, that, that makes perfectly sense, because... Uh, the consciousness is then actually not coming from their bodies or their brains. The, the consciousness comes from outside of the brains. It's downloaded from the cosmos. So, you know, there, there's a lot of, um, we have a lot of uh, common points here, but I, it may be that it, we differ on that, the, the idea of the origin of this, uh, our states of consciousness.
1: I guess one way to think about it, which probably most people think about, I guess, is that consciousness is static. It's in them. It's constrained by their physiology and that's it. And then you're talking more about like a flow through system, you know? So if it's flow through or if someone's downloading, that means that depending on where they are, just like breathing in polluted air versus clean air, you know, moist air versus dry air, they're constantly taking in different stuff, from the ether, you know, from the universal consciousness, so do you uh, think that 's what 's happening, and if so, what's the implication of that?
2: well, yeah, there is this, uh, I would say so I mean you did mention something like you talked about going to different countries and and maybe experiencing reality, and that's you know the one of the one of the things that mediates the consciousness that human beings will uh, uh, have is the planet. And uh, the, the, for instance, then there is a, a, a clear division line between the weas- western and the eastern hemispheres, and uh, uh, people think differently. At least traditionally, they, they thought differently in the west compared to the east, and uh, uh, this has to do with the fact that there is a you know there is a planetary midline that separates these two hemispheres, and. Uh, um, th- Based on that, you might say that the the consciousness has been different in the East from from the West. It's not, you know, uh, uh, historical accidents that have created this dichotomy between East and the West. Uh, It's inherent in the design of the Earth. As that that people will will change uh, think differently in the West compared to the East, in the same sense that uh, uh, we will think differently with our left and, and right brain hemispheres. Um, so, in, in this sense, yes, there, there 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 is a there is definitely an effect of location on our planet in in terms of. How we organize uh, uh, the world, and uh, you know, this is not just um, speculation, uh, uh, because they, you know, they've done these uh, kind of uh, psychological. Uh, uh, studies comparing uh, uh, people living in the Far East and, and the Far West, to comparing students in Shanghai from those in, in San Francisco. And it turns out that it's not just a matter of having different philosophies like Christianity and Buddhism or something like that. No, the actual thought structures, the, the way that the p- people organize psychologically their thinking is different. And uh, the, this has to do with the, the fact that the Earth, is a relay. So the West-East dichotomy relays to the left-right uh, uh, brain half dichotomy. And that's why, why we, we have this kind of a ability to think uh, in the interaction between the two hemispheres to begin with.
1: Okay, so I mean, what's the implication of that? Is it, 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 you know, again, if you consider consciousness to be a flow-through thing...
2: I'm not um, sure what you mean by flow-through. So well, you like,
1: say... So when you say... Right, I'll put it in your terms. So you're saying you download, you know, from the universe, but yeah. is it a download that happens constantly, once a month, only if you're in a, a novel circumstance? Like, you know, what is the nature of it? What does it look like in your mind? Yeah,
2: your mind? Uh, oh, oh, okay, so... so. um There's a series of different waves that are creating consciousness. You might call them macrocosmic quantum waves. And uh, uh, the the evolution of of the universe has been sort of like climbing between, uh, adding new levels of consciousness on top of the others. Uh, uh you might say and when these uh, say for instance 1755 a new state of consciousness became uh, accessible to the human beings and then as a result of that you could see the industrial revolution began democracy began uh uh, all kinds of uh, people became more humanitarian more egalitarian etc etc cetera, et cetera. and this was not a randomly happening event it happened because at that point in time the uh, 1755 a wave became accessible that has been running with humanity ever since and have uh, made her think in such a way that she's been able to uh, create the industrial world. Something similar happened in 1999. That then you have another wave that is being accessible, and this is what created this whole digital world that we are now swimming in. If you if you like, but this is this is a mental change that the cosmos gave to us. And for that reason, we get, we, we have a new kind of a creativity, which at the current time is very much focused on, on the, on the digitalizing uh, the world and so forth. So there is a sequence of these points in time when new frames of consciousness have been activated. And as that happened, and and probably the most marked one was the one that happened in, in 3000 BC, when the first civilizations uh, emerged and suddenly people reorganized life totally they became became able to write they became able to they they, they created nations they built pyramids they built cities they they built uh, they started to use calendars and and uh, all of which comes, it's not something that suddenly for no reason they, they got these new capabilities. The reason is that it was a shift in consciousness. A new frame of consciousness became ac- uh, accessible at that point in time. And ever since the, this has been uh, uh, playing out in how human history has, has been uh, 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 taking shape
1: but why would it come at discrete times and where is it coming from who's sending it well, out and why it's,
2: it, it comes from the center of the universe and then it's sort of is is relayed through the galaxies and to the earth and as i mentioned then we are in resonance with the dichot- east-west dichotomy of the of, of the earth now why is this i don't know somebody designed it you can call it god you can call it uh, whatever but uh, it, it, what is happening in on in the evolution of the universe it fits perfectly with these kind of waves and uh, and why this universe is creating created uh, um, i don't know you know uh, i could take some kind of a religious uh, Basis for it, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm, it's it's really beyond me. But uh, to say that it's just an accident is is uh, to me it's it's just crazy because everything fits perfectly. And you know, one of the biggest uh, discoveries I would say of twentieth-century uh, uh, science was the fact that the the finding that the universe was perfectly fine-tuned. For the emergence of life, um, and and uh, you know, there, there, there's a lot of very sort of uh, considered authorities in physics that 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 just says that the 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 probability of this universe being fine-tuned for life is is like one in uh, in the ten, and then it's a hundred different zeros coming after it. It just couldn't happen. Because everything, everything is fine tuned for, for life. And, and to go from that uh, insight, that really is one of the most important uh, insights of 20th century uh, science. And to go from that and then assume that life is an accident, uh, to, to see that it's fine tuned for life but then go into the idea that it's just, you know, the Darwinist idea of random mutations uh, driving evolution, it's, it's uh, totally incoherent and doesn't make any sense. So, you know, if, if you agree with that finding that, uh, that, that so many scientists have contributed to, physicists have contributed to, which is that life the the universe is fine-tuned for life if you accept that and of course you're free to either do it or or not but if you accept that what is the problem by understanding by then going on to say that there is also a, a, a a sort of underlying plan if you like for how consciousness has evolved
1: well I don't agree that the uh, that everything is random and you know life came from nothing and all that. Um, when you say that the uh, the universe is fine tuned for life, or is just the Earth fine tuned for life?
2: No, it's the universe is fine tuned for, for life. I mean, yes, the Earth is also including the Earth is is fine tuned for for life. But you know, there is it's it's a, there is a number of of different uh, constants of physics. That if if they were just a couple of percent different from what they are now, then then the universe would never have been able to harbor life, um, and and this is not my research. That that's uh, you know people like Stephen Hawking and and people like that that have have found that, and and for instance that you know if the but if if,
1: if the universe itself is fine tuned for life and not just Earth, why is there life? Why does life only seem to be on Earth, and we can 't find it anywhere else yet
2: well i i wouldn't I, I mean I would think there is life out in 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 a number of different places we haven 't found it and uh, um, but that doesn 't mean that it doesn 't exist in my view it may exist in in a large number of places and and you know they do find planetary systems that seem from our perspective, anyway, based on what we know of what, what conditioned life on this planet would be able to harbor life also in other places. We haven't found it. I mean, who who knows if uh, uh, whether it's a rare event? I I don't know. But I think it's not an it's not a unique event. It, uh, I don't I don't think there are so many people that think that this is the only place in the universe uh, we have um, maybe a a trillion stars in this uh, galaxy and uh, uh, you know the universe might have um, I couldn't say exactly maybe 500 billion galaxies now doesn't seem uh, reasonable to assume that we would be the only place of all these gazillion planets that that would harbor Earth at least i wouldn 't believe it but that, that's but the the, the point when i 'm talking about the constants of nature being fine tuned for life is that it 's not just the earth because these constants are believed by uh, physicists to be valid across the universe so so for instance. You know, there is something called the strong force, uh, that, that, uh, attracts the nucleons in the, in the, uh, nuclei of, of, uh, of atoms. And if that would have been a, a little bit stronger, then, uh, you, you would have had a, a, a rapid development of all the original, uh, hydrogen and, and helium. Uh, that, that's not the case if it would have been a little bit weaker the 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 and we're talking about just a few percent weaker then uh, maybe higher elements like carbon and nitrogen oxygen that are necessary for for uh, biological life might never have been uh, formed because the that particular force that are keeping the uh, that, that are defining what kind of elements are formed in the universe uh, uh, would be too weak And so this is a, um, and then uh, there's a number of these constants. Uh, They, they, you know, maybe it's 10, maybe it's 20 that would be considered basic to the formation of the universe we're living in. And they all seem to be uh, constrained. uh, Or, in other words, if they were just a couple of percent different from what they are, uh, we wouldn 't have uh, life anywhere uh it 's a universal. these constants are universal constant constants, so it really it 's not just about our own particular earth
1: but so but why do you say that again that uh there have been periodic downloads from the universe like again, so okay, so we have all these constants, the universe is balanced on the head of the head of the head of a pin, which okay it 's amazing in itself but uh, you talked about a cosmic center. I mean, there, physicists seem to say there is no center of the universe. It's everywhere, which is weird. But where do these uh, waves of new consciousness come from?
2: Well, I would still argue that it comes from the center of the universe. You know, some people would say that it's it's a common saying that, you know, there is no center. And what do they know about that? Uh, to begin with, uh, we don't see the entire universe. We We can only see... Uh, to the what they call the uh, the the event horizon which is about 15 billion years or 14 billion years uh, light years away and then we we know that the universe is is much bigger than that but but the the limit on the speed of light makes us not be able to see that but there is another uh, you know there is a, a, a tangible basis for the assumption that at least there is a division line that uh, goes through the universe, what is now in science called the preferred axis, cosmic axis. And uh, it was discovered in, in 2004. And uh, this axis then, uh, uh, through uh, the WMAP satellite, uh, and the purpose of this uh, wmap uh, satellite was to measure what's called the cosmic uh, background radiation uh which is an afterglow from the uh, uh, big bang mm. and uh, and uh, uh, meaning that it goes back actually what you what you see when you study this afterglow is rac- actually some kind of a baby picture of the universe the way it looked Three hundred and eighty thousand years after the big Bang, and what they found was that there was a there was a central axis that went through this, and initially they called this, and this is made by people at MIT and all the, all, all the prestigious uh, centers of, of science they called it initially the, the cosmic the axis of evil, and the reason wasn 't that they really thought so, but they thought that it's it was so disturbing for the prevailing or the dominating uh, theories of science that they would jokingly call it evil um, mm. and uh, uh, but is, and then they but then there was a the whole whole discussion then uh, you know is this real or is it an artifact is something that uh, is produced uh, on a more closer uh, you know, in, in in we we're looking at the cosmic background radiation. We look at the entire cosmos, and then uh, but the, the debate continued. But then they, in in 2012 they sent up a second satellite, uh, which was called the Planck satellite after the founder of of uh, quantum theory, and uh, which detected this cosmic background radiation with by a totally different. Uh, method. And it found the same axis. And then there's been a lot of studies done on this uh, in, in astronomy. Uh, they don't really come out. Uh, uh, but one of the interesting findings is that it was a study made by an Indian astronomer published in 2015, uh, Dr. Singhal, who compared the number of, of huge radio sources in to the left and to the right of this, uh, uh central axis, what's now called, they no longer call it axis of evil. They call it the, the preferred axis of cosmology. And he well, found one, that one
1: second. If, if if there's an axis, where is it? And what does it divide the universe into? What's, yeah. what's above yeah. it, below it, left, right, et cetera
2: right so uh, what this indian astronomer found was that there was a significant difference in the amount of radio sources on the left and the right side of the in the in other words this is a picture of the entire universe and so you will have a you 're not talking about the earth 's western and eastern hemisphere you 're talking about the the cosmic hemispheres, and so there was like thirty eight in one side and fifteen on the other side this really then it 's not a physical axis it's it 's a place you find where the cosmic background radiation is different on the two different sides and also Today, you can find a, a number of different phenomena like the handedness of galaxies, the directions of, of, of jet beams going out of dark uh, um, um, black holes, and these uh, 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 quasars, huge uh, uh, radio sources that uh, have existed since the birth of the universe, really. So, so is the universe differ.
1: right-handed or left-handed?
2: Yeah, that's the question it's different in these two different hemispheres uh, if you look at how galaxies really? are handed so wait so like is, if
1: i if i flush my toilet in australia it's going to go a different way you know i guess because of the coriolis yeah, effect but, that's, but so do we observe handedness is different in different parts yes. of our universe
2: right. yes that's right and so It's really kind of strange that this thing hasn't dissipated into the public more than it has. But it really means that we we have grown up with the idea that uh, the large scale of the universe doesn't have any kind of structure. Uh, Einstein's theories of of general relativity is based on that assumption that, that there is no large scale structure. And now, and we haven't thought, could there be a, a, a high, an up and a down in the universe? Could there be a right and a left in the universe? Uh, that's how we grow up, thinking that that's not the case. Now, what this tells us is that, that that's no longer valid there is a structure to the entire universe. And you might call it a yin-yang duality on on the largest uh, uh, um, scale of the universe. And so what does this matter? Well, it means that even if we may not be able to pinpoint the exact center of the universe, we can find a line that separates the, 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 the two hemispheres. And, and that's what
1: are we in the left-handed or the right-handed version, and what's what's been noticed about the difference in
2: the structure
1: yeah. and the the planets and you know the goings-on in the two divided yeah. areas?
2: I don't know if anyone can tell that because you're you're looking at the other the rest of the universe, and I you know and and so I would say that uh, what should I say? You know, you can think of yourself as looking at some kind of a pole standing in the earth at, at, a, at a long distance from yourself, and then you can say that there is something to the left of it, or you can say something to the right of it, but really, can you tell where you are as an observer, uh, if you're on left or right? No, you cannot do that. So this is the situation.
1: Well, so the person that discovered this, again, this handedness, what Again, what's been observed in the, the two parts? I mean, if he discovered yeah. it, I'm sure he would say, all right, well, let's look at, at both parts and see what's different. So what is different? What's been observed so far?
2: Well, the the, the handedness, you know, you, it means that if you look at a, a galaxy, a spiral galaxy, it, you, you could uh, see it rotated close, clockwise or or counterclockwise, basically. And so you can say that the two... Uh, uh, con- uh, clockwise or counterclockwise means that it's the, the the galaxies have different uh, uh, handedness, and uh, this was first found by uh, 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 Professor Longo at the University of, of Michigan, and uh, it was a preliminary study, and uh, but then it has been. You know, they, they, they started in England something they called the Galactic Zoo, which was really a, a large-scale attempt to verify these findings and, uh, and did so. And, and what does it mean? Well, it means that the universe has a center. That's how I w- w- would like to... Uh, well, it zoo. sounds like it
1: has a line of symmetry, but it still could be infinite on either, you know, in all directions on the yeah. line of symmetry, you know.
2: Yes, I I would agree. I would agree. Uh, but then, you know, when you when you look at this and and then you c- count this difference uh, in in for instance in the number of of um, radio sources, uh, and you're talking about radio sources like thirteen fourteen billion light years away from here, and you find this big difference between the two, then you have the kind of fundamental duality on the level of the entire universe and that duality and and it's not possible for me to make all the connect all the dots here uh, because that duality is the origin of consciousness Uh, the, the the consciousness is always implies some kind of a distinction between internal and external you you have this experience that you are inside seeing something outside, and uh, uh, that that requires uh, a a certain kind of distinction, a, a objective uh, subjective distinction. And uh, that, uh, I, uh, as I said, I can't connect all the dots here, but if I can communicate the fact. Uh, that you know, people where people can go and study on the on the internet or whatever. That you know, look for axis of evil or look for cosmic preferred axis in cosmology. Look for those things, and then you will get the references for for to, to see what what kind of separations, what kind of dichotomies this uh, creates, and then you already have this basis. Uh, uh, it's not filling in everything uh, as you said but but you do f- realize that you, that there is a structure to the universe and that there is a, an axis that separates the, the main hemispheres and that's a good starting point for going deeper into the matter and and this existed from the very birth of the universe so you know it, it comes down to uh, again, this duality is is uh, inherent in the universe, uh, as is the creation of of, of life.
1: Well, where where is this uh, line of symmetry? Is it near Earth? Is it Earth? Does it go through now, Earth? Is it you know billions of light years away? Where is
2: it? It's in the direction of the constellation of Virgo. You know, th- this has actually been a, been s- some debate around these topics because they are so alien to how uh, the universe uh, has been perceived, really. It was something happening. I, I would go up. To, there was something happening this year uh, in, in that regard. I would have to go to uh, Wikipedia to to see what it was.
1: Yeah, I looked up, like, Axis of Evil, and yeah. uh, there's an article by Lawrence Krauss, I know from Case Western University, that, that yeah. seems to say that... Uh, I guess some of the symmetry of the center of the universe may actually be the plane that the Earth makes as it travels around the sun, which would be crazy.
2: Yeah, that, that, that's not necessarily true. But let's see here. Now I came to the, you know, George Bush version of it. So I'll have to come to the axis of evil in cosmology. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and But that's where they got the idea. Okay, so then it says, in June 2020, the axis of evil observation was confirmed by a study conducted by Lai or Shamir, which verified the same result via a different measurement. Shamir commented, we have two different sky surveys showing the exact same patterns, even when the galaxies are completely different. There is no error that can lead to that. This is the universe that we live in. This is our home. Uh, so that's what he said, and and so there's been a you know uh, there's been a sequence of of uh, f- things, and and as I uh, verifying the existence of this, and and regardless of how you interpret it, it should change uh, anybody's uh, uh, worldview fundamentally because it tells us that from its very inception, the universe had a structure. At its very, very larger scale. And then, you know, if you follow my line of thinking, and so, the, you know, so far that's verified uh, and so forth. But if you fi- follow my line of thinking, uh, this duality, this, this, uh, uh, uh dichotomy between hemisphere is dissipated down through the universe, down to ourselves. And it, it is actually part of the universal structure that helps us download a particular structured mind. The, the structure of the universe is going down through the galaxy to the heliosphere, to the planet, to ourselves. And that's why we have a structure as well, though, where we have this dichotomy uh, between left and right brain half. And in, if in, if we didn't have that dichotomy, we probably wouldn't be conscious.
1: So okay, hmm. I guess if the universe can be uh, handed, so can we. So it, it it's, yeah. I guess there's a symmetry, there's a self similarity yeah. at all levels, is what you're saying. Yes,
2: yes, yes.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Well, I mean, where are right, so? Where is this going then? What so how have you taken this knowledge and where are you going with your work? What are you trying to figure out?
2: Well, it's it's going in different directions. Uh, there are nine different uh, waves that are bringing the consciousness of humanity. And uh, and we're all uh, downloading a sort of uh, an interference pattern of these different uh, waves. And the highest of these waves is, is the ninth wave. It's the top level, so to speak. And... Uh, which actually uh, tends to cancel out the duality and, and brings a, a unified state of consciousness uh, to, to human beings. So, so that's part of what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm working with this in, in order to uh, facilitate for people to uh bring about a, a change in their own state of consciousness going to a, a, a unity state of consciousness that doesn't separate in the in the way that uh, uh the lower ways will do uh that's one avenue that i'm pursuing then i'm also uh, which is more Towards people in general, because I think is a very meaningful way of understanding why how things are evolving on our planet and and what is happening in the world today, etc cetera, etc cetera. Well, while we can't go into any detail of it, of it here, but the second thing is really to uh, look uh, to to address more scientific questions that that comes out of this if, if consciousness comes from the very birth of the universe and uh, has evolved ever since even if what we call physical life or biological species only uh, are are about 4 billion years but it, consciousness precedes that and uh, if that is so you know what what it, it's to develop a uh, understanding of how uh we're actually the products of, of a kind of a cosmic plan. And uh, uh, these different, you know, I mentioned the different revolutions in technology that has uh, been that actually has been caused by the the downloading of new types of minds, new states of consciousness, really, then uh that also has affected science. And, and so uh, uh you know one thing i'm 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 thinking about here is is to make the argument for instance that space and time uh which is really the foundation of of much most of of modern uh, mathematical physics uh space and time are actually not uh, independently existing categories in the universe in the material universe you don't see them anywhere you don't see any of the dimensions of space you don't see time anywhere so where that comes from is an aspect the, the, from a mind that we have downloaded from the cosmos and that will change that changes physics how it's perceived totally uh, and uh, From that perspective, you will also be able to no longer have the kind of conflict uh, between quantum theory and and, uh, general uh, theory of of relativity. You know, it's been one of the big uh, stumbling points, you might say, in modern physics, is that the quantum theory and uh, uh, the general theory of relativity are in conflict with each other. Uh, it's it's not only that, um, that one is the macrocosmos and and another is the microcosmos. It's also that they, they operate according to different kind of principles. In the general theory of relativity, space and time's, uh, time exists, whereas in, in the quantum realm, you can't really talk about space and time. So the, the, well, the well, issues- it-
1: before we get into that, I mean that's like unbelievably complicated. I want to ask you more about these downloads, yeah,
2: how do okay. you know what's
1: in them? How do you know what occurred? like how do you know anything about these these downloads?
2: Well, you know them because you know the times when they happened and then but you how do can, you know
1: how do you know when they happened? What tells you that it happened? It, at it's Michigan basically
2: time? based on on the Mayan calendar
1: so there's just a renaissance of thought and that and to you that's saying that there was uh, this is this is when it happened,
2: yeah, okay so. You know, one of the famous aspects of the Mayan calendar is, is the, the so-called long count that started in 3,115 BC. And they described this uh, uh, the activation of this new calendar, the, which was really a new wave of, of consciousness. They described that, and uh, they described it as something happening on a cosmic level. And they described the geometric change that happened on a cosmic level. Uh, um,
1: when, when, when was the most recent one? Was it 1750 or more recent than that? No, then
2: 1755 was one, then there was one 1999, and then finally one in 2011. And that's the last one, and now they're all running in parallel.
1: Well, so you were around for some of these, so what did you experience in... Did well, you did you know beforehand what was going to happen? Did you yeah, when yeah. it happened, does it happen in a moment or a year and did you experience anything?
2: Well, who hasn't experienced the digital revolution? I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, how would I expect to experience this? Is it all of a sudden That's, I feel things or I just observe in my outside world that oh, people seem to be thinking differently lately about stuff and yeah, you know, this is yeah. this is what, to, what what I'm observing.
2: It, it's really both. But uh, the, you know, the, the, if you want to have verification, uh, uh, and not just based on how I may experience things, if you want verification, you will have to look at what happened in the outside world. And that's pretty easy to verify. It's just that people don't know it. And, uh, but then. Do, how does your experience change? Well, I can say that I can follow these changes in, in experience and, and uh, uh, in, in many different ways. But if somebody is coming new to understand how the evolution of consciousness takes place in the universe, the best way to do it is then to study the kind of, of verifiable, objective events that happened uh, outside of themselves.
1: But again, do you think, how fast do you think it happens and is anyone aware of it happening or is it just like around the world? You know, like I've heard of the the idea of simultaneous invention that seems to have happened many times for some strange reason. So what do you think, you know, let's say it's happening. What do you think happens? Like all of a sudden around the world, certain subsets of people just start to have ideas that come to them seemingly from nowhere. Like how do people experience this?
2: Yeah, no, that's exactly what, what happened. I mean, the, the most clear example is then, for instance, the, the beginning of the sixth wave in, in 3115 BCE, because that's really the time when we have the first uh, civilizations on our planet in, in Egypt and, and Sumer and, and in the Indus Valley. And before that time, you don't find pyramids anywhere, but after that time, People in very diverse places on our planet, going as far as Peru and Mongolia, at that time, people are starting to build pyramids, which is a crazy idea, from, at least from a modern perspective. You're putting all this energy into creating a, a perpendicular structure. It's a crazy idea, unless you know that at that particular time, a shift in consciousness took place that brought this kind of a structured, geometrically structured mind into existence. So that's exactly what happens, that when one of these changes takes place, and, and this is the, the, the clearest example, is uh, the original rise of civilization 5,000 years ago, then People all over the planet suddenly changed their habits. Not everywhere, because the you know the the, the conditions for creating a civilization were not equal. Or in, in in say Siberia, from from what they were in Egypt. Egypt was a fertile region, so was the Indus Valley Valley and, and Sumer. But then, if the conditions were like that, favorable. Uh, uh, to, to the rise of civilization. Once they downloaded it and they, and, and you can see an endless amount of verifications from these cultures that they experienced a shift. They talked about it as a, you know, a creation by the gods. And w- whether you believe in that or not, I wouldn't personally look upon it really as gods, but certainly a download from a higher place, from the cosmic source. And that's what they talked about. And that's what why there is such a remarkable demarcation line so that before this point in time, you don't have any civilization, you don't have any pharaohs, you don't have any nations, you don't have any calendars, you don't have any pyramids, you don't have any cities. And after that time, they start. And that's because there was a mind change brought by this shift in consciousness. And I could go on with the same thing, what happened in 1755 and where, where people, uh, the, the mind change was quite significant in, in different ways. So history is not just sort of some kind of a line being coming into existence by accidental events. It, it's, it's the product of the of quantum shifts in consciousness that uh, we download from the cosmic center.
1: So, any idea of when the next one is coming? There
2: won't be any. What will be in it? I don't think there will be any. The the ninth wave is is the last one, which was activated in two thousand and eleven, and which brings another kind of consciousness. It doesn't it doesn't bring any any technological revolution. Uh, It's it's one that brings a, a unified consciousness. Uh, 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 one that doesn't separate, I, I, I can say that much. And it's already accessible, uh, uh, and some people are are working on on downloading it. Um, I, I on on New Year's Day, I will be participating in in a uh, event uh, um, where several thousand people will will be uh, looking into this whole thing and uh, because they're interested in, in downloading this ninth wave
1: but when, when was the ninth wave 2011 or now yes
2: or yes no 2011 yes that's when it was activated but then why
1: has it been nine years to, to do anything about it why is why mm. was it all done in like you know a day or something
2: yeah i don't know why was the big bang uh 14 year billion years uh, ago why why didn't the world come out into existence immediately and I would say the reason is that uh, the universe is created through a stepwise pro- uh, process, and it doesn't happen immediately, because that would mean a too big uh, a change for, for everything. So really, the way it's been uh, developed is by a, a sequential activation of higher states of consciousness, and then when each of these uh, states of consciousness have been activated it will move in a in a wave form you might say where every peak in the wave will bring the, the new state of consciousness forward so i'm not saying that everything is happening immediately you know even if you look at say the digital revolution if you look at the industrial revolution of 1755 well, it took until 1769 until the steam engine was uh, developed. It, take, it took until 1884 until the car was invented. It took until uh, 1905 until the airplane was invented, etc., etc. It's the same thing here. It's, it's it doesn't happen I- immediately with the ninth wave. This, this is something people need to cultivate if they want to be part of it. And uh, uh, it, it, it goes up and down like this. But According to the
1: timeline you've, you've given of the different waves, they're coming faster and faster and closer and yes. closer together. So yeah. why would you think this is the last one? And why do you think they're speeding up?
2: Well, the speed up of uh, speeding up, you know, I think it's almost self-evident. A lot of people uh, have experienced in their lifetime a tremendous speed up of of time. And, uh, uh, you know, I can refer back also scientifically, you might say Carl Sagan developed something that he called the cosmic clock, And so basically what he did then was that he took the entire evolution of the universe from the Big Bang to our own time and divided it up until the current time. And if you do that, uh, then pretty much nothing happens uh, until uh, the last month. And... uh, the, the invention of computers in, is in the last second, so to speak. Uh, the, the entire human evolution of the uni- of humanity is probably the last uh, hour before midnight. Don't quote me on these figures, but it, it, that's the whole idea. He, what he wanted to convey with this is that if you study the, the evolution of the universe, there's been a tremendous speed up in the development of complexity and one thing that explains this is the fact that uh the, the the these waves of creation that are stacked upon each other will lead up to something that has a very very high frequency and meaning it it develops phenomena very very rapidly compared to to uh, uh, 10 billion years ago when things were very very, very slow so uh, speed up, and, and you will find a lot of people that in their lifetimes have uh, experienced, at least up until 2011, they experienced that things were really speeding up. Things yeah, but how,
1: how could you know that this is the last one? How could anyone possibly know that?
2: Well, um, there, there are reasons to believe it. Uh, part of it is the fact that that's what, uh, you know, the, the, the number nine in, was honored in many ancient civilizations, uh, there are many nine-storied pyramids and so forth, it doesn't go beyond that. But uh, the second thing is that if you look, at, there is a pattern to these different quantum states that uh, are brought into existence by the waves. And so the, the ninth wave is really some kind of a return to a unity that it, it existed before the civilizations first emerged and so the histo- history of humankind you might say goes from unity through separation and back to unity and uh, then you can't there, there's really nothing more to come i would say this work is all empirically based in other words so, saying that uh, um, th- there was a big shift in consciousness 3,115 BCE. It's not just some kind of philosoph- f- philosophical speculation on my part. It comes out of the fact that this is what, when the Maya described a quantum shift in the in the cosmic center, and the empirical evidence that we have that before that there were no civilizations, and after that we have civilizations. So a shift took place and it didn't take it wasn't like the next day or the next year that the egyptians built their the the, the big pyramid at giza it took a couple of hundred years actually so there is, there is a delay you might say in, in the effects but if you look closely you will find that at at the very beginning there are signs of of the emergence of a new uh, state of consciousness when these quantum shifts happen so la- last question
1: how are you going to try to get into the path of the download or how are you going to do that what 's your
2: strategy uh, h- how to download them
1: yeah this this latest yeah, one right. you said something about the new yeah. year what's what's your plan like
2: yeah for- so that's a, that's an event, uh, you know. You can, people can go to my website, kalaman.com, uh, where I advertise that e- event, and, uh, and it, it really is about uh, uh, conveying practical tools for people. And, but of course, as with everything, it all starts with an intention and a desire to to do this. And uh, you know, I, I think today. Mm. Politically speaking, and, and that's really an uh, expression of of these different states of consciousness that exist at the different times, people are actually drifting apart to an extent where th- there's no communication. Uh, this is a new phenomenon, actually. Uh, regardless of what side of the political spectrum you are, uh, th- there is a drift apart of... of uh, of people's thinking, uh, politically speaking, and uh, that has to do with the fact that people are resonating with different states of consciousness. And so, for anyone who wants to uh, go towards one that's not based on conflict, on separation, and so forth, uh, the the goal should be, I would say, to download the ninth wave to transcend above these uh, um, uh, these conflicts that are are so prevalent uh, in the world of, of today.
1: Okay, well, very good, well, Carl. We've been talking Thank a long you. time. So what, what's the best way, again, for, let's reiterate at the end, how can people find out more? Where can they go?
2: Yeah, they should go to my website, which is uh, www.kallemarman.com. C-A-L-L-E-M-A-N dot com. And there they can find information about books and courses and so forth, as well as this event taking place on New Year's Day. You could find it on on Facebook. You can go for my name, Carl Kallerman, and find um, information. You can also go to my collaborator, Patricia uh, Albert, who developed something called the Evolutionary Collective. Um, uh, That's the website of hers, evolutionarycollective.com. She has, you know, without having missed my theoretical background, she has experienced the fact that uh, in 2011, a new state of consciousness became accessible and developed techniques for people to learn who wants to be part of this and 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 take the final step on 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 the on the pyramid so to speak so these are this these are resources that are available and uh, you know i just want to thank you for having me on this and uh, i think you have asked very very meaningful and and great questions and it's great to have a discussion with you uh, richard but i should say that, you know, without being able to show diagrams and, and so forth, uh, much of this is, is hard to understand. Uh, so that's well, if why. You have a,
1: if you have a place on your website where you have that, let's point listeners yeah, to it. Or, sure,
2: you know, sure. There's a lot of information on my website. Yes.
1: Okay, great. Well, Carl, thanks for coming. I really appreciate it.
2: Thanks, Richard. If you like this podcast,
0: please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes.